Yo, this shit looks crazy. Things are getting weird. What the hell is going on? This is what the world looks like now. Things are getting weird. But all I know, all I know. Wake up, 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 wake holding this hearing, the three witnesses we have before this committee today collectively pose, I believe, the single greatest threat to free speech in America and the greatest threat we have to free and fair elections. Yesterday, I spent a considerable amount of time speaking with both Mr. Zuckerberg and Mr. Pichai. I have concerns about the behavior of both of their companies. I would note that Facebook is at the minimum at least trying to make some efforts in the direction of defending free speech. I appreciate their doing so. Google, I agree with the concerns that Senator Klobuchar raised. I think Google has more power than any company on the face of the planet. And the antitrust concerns are real. The impact of Google is profound. And I expect we will have continued and ongoing discussions about Google's abuse of that power and its willingness to manipulate search outcomes to influence and change election results. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic superpower? Is Donald Trump a world leader? Yes. Okay. So it would be important for world leaders to have access to your platform, correct? Correct. And so why did you deny that platform via censorship to the U.S. president? We haven't censored the U.S. president. Oh, yes, you have. How many posts from Iran's terrorist Ayatollah have you censored? Um, How many posts from Vladimir Putin have you censored? We have we have labeled tweets of world leaders. Uh, we have okay. a policy around not taking down the content, but simply adding more president. context around it. Okay. And the U.S. president you have censored 65 times. You testified that you're worried about disinformation and election interference. That is something we all worry about. And of course, for about a hundred years, foreign sources have been trying to influence U.S. policy and U.S. elections. Now they're onto your platforms. They see this as a way to get access to the American people. So given your refusal to censor or ban foreign dictators while regularly censoring the president, Aren't you at this very moment personally responsible for flooding the nation with foreign disinformation? Just to be clear, we, we have not censored the president. We have not um, taken the tweets down that you're referencing. Um, they have more context and a label uh, applied to them. And we do the same for leaders around the world. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you share any of your data mining? And this is to each of the three of you. Do you share any of your data mining with the Democrat National Committee? 
Um, I'm not sure what you mean by the question, but uh, we have a we have a data platform that we have a number of customers. Um, not sure um, of the customer list. Okay, and you said you don't keep list. I made that note. Uh, well, keep keep list of accounts that we yeah. watch. Okay. Don't keep a list of accounts that we watch. Hello, everybody. I know that was a long intro, but um, I wanted to show because the Senate is having a meeting with the big tech uh, oligarchs, if you want to call them that. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jack Dorsey, and the head of uh, Google. I always forget his name. He has it's like an Indian name. And uh, I wanted to show you guys the difference. Um, so that was the Republicans talking to them. And then here's a little bit of the Democrats speaking to them. Uh, thank you. I'd like to begin by making two points. Uh, I believe the Republicans have called this hearing in order to support a false narrative fabricated by the president to help his reelection prospects. And number two, I believe that the tech companies here today need to take more action, not less combat misinformation, including misinformation on the election, misinformation on the COVID-19 pandemic, and misinformation and uh, posts uh, meant to incite violence. Um, and that should include misinformation spread by President Trump on their platforms. Norman, thank you. And Senator Cantwell, really appreciate this hearing. I uh, want to start by laying out three facts. The U.S. intelligence community has found that the Russian government is intent on election interference in the United States. They did it in 2016. They're doing it in 2020. The intelligence also says they want to help President Trump. They did so in 2016. President doesn't, President doesn't like this to be said, but it's a fact. We also know that the Russian strategy this time around is going after Hunter Biden. So I recognize that the details of how to handle misinformation on the internet are tough. But I think the companies like Twitter and Facebook that took action to not be a part of a suspected Russian election interference operation were doing the right thing. All right. So you see the difference. Um, in the beginning, that was uh, Republican Senator Ted Cruz, then Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, and they were talking to the heads of Google, Facebook, and Twitter. Jack Dorsey, head of Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg, head of Facebook, and the head of Google, like I said, I can't remember his name. I don't even want to look for it because I don't care. But anyway, um, the second was Tammy Baldwin, Republican senator, or a Democrat senator, excuse me. And then it was um, Senator Ewell, Democrat senator. Did you see the difference or didn't hear the difference in their questioning and their approach? It seemed like, to me at least, that the Republicans were more worried about censorship, more worried about the First Amendment, more worried about the Constitution. They are more worried about Section 230 and 
think that it needs to be updated because of the size of these giants and the way that their power has been focused and laser focused now into pretty much showing people what they want them to see. In other words, they show you what they want to show you. And they interfere with the president of the United States and don't interfere with the dictator of Iran. So that's odd also because Twitter isn't even allowed in Iran or Facebook. So it's a very slippery slope and we really need to have a chat with these guys and it's super important. And I was really hoping for some good questions today from both sides, but no, what it turned into was the Republicans saying you need to stop censoring people, you know, everyday people, but especially the president and others and um, the New York post. Um, they got really upset about that. You know, as you heard from Ted Cruz, um, you know, that that's a 200 year old newspaper that they censored and they still are not able to tweet. The only way they're able to tweet now is if they go back and delete the original um, posting. And the reason that Jack Dorsey gives for that is they don't let people post hacked information. And that was like hilarious because a few weeks ago, like you said, they had Donald Trump's tax released and they showed him and they had anonymous sources, which at least, you know, the New York Post said where they got this from. So it wasn't hacked information. They said where they got it from. It's all bullshit. You know what I mean? They make their rules uh, ambiguous or whatever the word is for that so that, you know, they can manipulate them and they can make them into whatever they want. That's why, like, the rules are never very fine. And, you know, YouTube does that. You know, it's it, they, they make them very broad so they can get away with a lot of shit. And that's what Section 230 gives them. It gives them the... Um, all right, so what two, what Section 230 does is protects them from any kind of um, being sued for what somebody says on their platform. They cannot be sued for what somebody else says on their platform. And that's a big deal because if you're a tech company starting up and you got to deal with whatever, what, you know, crazy people, whatever, say on your, on your, um, you know, your page or your thing or whatever, um, it's very hard to start up. So Section 230 was, you know, a good idea and it was supposed to help these tech companies become big. And now they've gotten so big that they've taken advantage of it. And now they're scared that they're going to take it away and make it small. So now they're coming in and they want to talk and they want to do this and they want to do that after all this bullshit going on. I mean, from the beginning, when it was Alex Jones, when they, they banned him first, then it started Milo Yiannopoulos. It was all Republicans. Then it was, um, uh, I don't know, whoever the next person was, Ann Coulter. Then it was um, that one, that woman that's down in Florida, Laura Loomer. She was banned. And Laura Loomer's a badass, and she's running in Florida right now, and she actually might win. And that would be great because she would be like our AOC of the right. Like, she, she's very smart, and she's... Uh, She's got a lot of energy. Let's just put it that way. She went to Nancy Pelosi's house with like a bunch of people 
um, I believe they were Mexicans, and put them on her lawn and then showed the wall that Nancy has in front of her house. And she said, can we come past your wall? Can we come past your wall? Because they said walls were evil because Donald Trump wanted one. So that was really funny. But yeah, you know, and then what made me upset is that, like I said, I wanted, you know, some real like, you know, get some questions out, find out because I'm so sick of hearing it's the algorithm. The algorithm did it. Oh, it's the algorithm. They never fess up, man. They always just they lie and manipulate and they never get in trouble for it. And we need to get a hold of this. Not six days before the election. You know what I mean? This should have been done a year ago. So we could have got more info and kept asking them more questions. And maybe this shit wouldn't have happened. But, you know, the censorship is getting crazy. And what the leftists don't understand and the people that want censorship and these Democrats don't understand is that when it comes for you and when it comes for the New York Post, which has been around for 200 years, and everyone starts, you know, one group can say what, you know, people can hear. You know how dangerous that is? Like, I, I don't think they're thinking this out. You know what I mean? And that's why I was upset when the Democrats are like, oh, this is just because Trump and you wanted to have him for the election and censored. It's like, like, all they could think about is Trump. And it's just, it's like, oh my God, it's so much bigger than that, man. You need to watch out. These, they, these companies are not American companies anymore. They are global. They are in China. They are in almost every country and they have acts, you know, people learn their news on these platforms. But the thing is when I was, you know, I got off, but with the section two thirty, is that you can't be a, uh, you, okay. You either have to pick, you got to be a news person where you do actual news stories an editor, or you're a platform. That's the difference. See an editor would be like a newspaper or like a CNN or like, you know, a Washington times or whatever. Okay. New York times, New York post and a platform would be more like Twitter or something. Facebook parlor, any of those Instagram. So what that means is that they can't curate what is being said and what can't be said. Because that's what a editor does. On a social platform, people get to say what they want to say. As long as it doesn't cause violence in the real world. And that's it. Just like the real world. You know, we have the, the First Amendment, the freedom of speech. And unless it causes violence. Or, you know, someone gets hurt or can't or loses their speech because of it. Same exact rules. But then they have, on the left, they have this argument. They say, oh, well, they're a private company, so they can do whatever they want. And then there's this, no, no, they're a, um, what did Jack Dorsey call himself in the Joe Rogan podcast? They're a town hall. So that, that's where they want to be, a town hall. Well, if you're the town hall, then you're going around and putting boxes and walls around certain people that you don't like, they don't want to hear. Like, that's what you're doing. So that's what your town hall looks like? I don't think so. But we all know what you're doing. We all can see through it. But I wish our senators were smarter and knew more about this stuff because a lot of them just don't. And a lot of them are just, they're, they're, they're too divisive and they just want to play politics. 
And I'm more worried about what this hat, what the real repercussions of this power is going to be, you know, like they will become our government at some point. Like that's how serious this is. They can elect people. They can not, you know, they can get people um, impeached as we've seen. They can, they can do a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? They could do a lot of good too, but they could do a lot of damage. And I think we need to get back and get in the drawing room and rewrite that whole section 230. That needs to be rewritten for the circumstances we have now with how big they are. And if you get into Google and how they're curated and their platform, they're one of the worst. Um, their, their pages, when you search Joe Biden, you get all positive results pretty much down the line. You search Donald Trump, you get almost all negative polls or posts down the line. That's curated. That's on purpose. Any subject that's political or controversial, you're, you'll get a negative thing about it. Like it's all curated. It's not just, oh, whatever is the most relevant pops up. No, it doesn't work like that. It's what they want you to see. So they're not a platform either. So they're curating stuff. So that means that they should be an editor. Therefore, you lose section 230. And now you can be sued and we will bring you down to the ground. And maybe then you will realize that you shouldn't fuck with Americans and their democracy. And also what you're doing is you're letting other countries interfere with our elections through you and not stopping that. And you're also letting Antifa gather up and not blocking and banning them because they happen to be for the left. But if that was some crazy neo-Nazi KKK group, which there's like, what, 13 or 14 of them in the world? And not even groups, I mean people. Um, they would be flagged and kicked off. And you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so unreal how biased it is that the fight about denying it or the argument of denying it is over. It's over. I don't care what the Democrats say. It's over. But on to something new because that was a long one. But, you know, this that's important to me. I, I really think it's a lot more important than people make it out to be and that some people may think it is. But I'm, I'm telling you, social media, like the, the powers to be, man. And it's something that we really need to keep an eye on and we really need to keep pushing our senators and our uh, state representatives um, and talk to them about it and get answers and get it fixed. I really believe that you should go to your, your, you know, state Senator and call them up. Anyway, on to the next story. Uh, here's a little clip. So, I, so as you can see, it's kind of hard for me to talk right now because I got jumped inside of a five below that's currently being uh, ransacked and completely looted. And you see to my left right here, this is an eye encounter store. We have an amazing uh, nail spa. And also right over here, there's a Walmart that's been completely gutted. We are here 
uh, across the river in Philadelphia, right by Chick-fil-A. Uh, what happened was, is I just went into the Five Below to just see what was going on with some of the looting, and uh, I was jumped by the Black Lives Matter protesters, who uh, immediately started punching and kicking me. Uh, one of them punched me directly right in the lip. I had to go to the hospital, I think, to get stitches. Uh, and this lip because it's just absolutely painful. But this is what's happening in the current state over the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. the other night. Do this uh, chaos affects the elections? Do you think it's going to affect voters? I think it's definitely going to inspire people to get foot over Trump. Driving through some of the quieter areas on um, through uh, the city and even really pretty run down neighborhoods. I actually had somebody just kind of stop me. I was like, Trump flag? I was like, yes, sir. It was like, Trump 2020, man, we need it. Uh, there's there's very few Biden people out here. Uh, there's only one on this end of the block pointing to one uh, apartment and everything else is everybody's Trump because they don't want this. They, this is dangerous. People want law and order. They really do. I think a lot of people think that way. I mean, I hope they do because this stuff has to stop. Um, the riots have gotten a lot worse. Um, I think we're on the second or third day now of it. Um, that was uh, Elijah Schaefer. Um, he was in a five below and he got jumped by a bunch of people that were looting the store. And um, he has a video of it. Um, I didn't put it on here because, you know, it's, you can't see it. You can only hear it. So it wouldn't make any sense. But anyway, they jump him and they yell, you know, no cameras, no cameras while they punch him in his face. And then um, I guess he went out and then did the interview and, you know, his lip, they showed him and his lips all bloody and like, it's messed up, man. And he was just reporting the news, like, and they're like, no cameras, no cameras. But, you know, he's he, he puts himself in these situations. This guy deserves a lot of credit. He's very brave and uh, he's doing this so we can see what's really going on. And uh, these independent journalists are what's keeping, you know, the people really informed of what's really going on out there because the narrative from the left right now is just, you know, Oh my God, another black man is shot for no reason. They just wanted to kill him. You know, they could, why didn't they do something different? And here's, here's what makes me like, just, you know, it's enraging, but they said, so the guy came out with, he was called, the cops were called. The guy came out with a knife, right? Um, his mother was trying to stop him and trying to hold him back and he was coming around the car and he comes with the knife and the officers are backing up saying, put the knife down, put the knife down. And then he doesn't, he comes after them, they shoot him and they shoot him however many times and he drops and he dies. Right? So then people start saying, well, first it was, um, unarmed black man shot by police. Then it was changed to armed man shot by police but could have done something else uh not properly trained then the uh the mayor comes out and says we need new police training and then they another person says well why aren't they using um tasers and they and the reason you want to know why they're not using tasers because they were defunded 30 million dollars so now they can't have tasers so think about that think about that circle of life right there so the cops are bad and racist so we need to defund them okay then we're going to defund them but when we have a problem like a man with a knife coming after us when we call and then they shoot him we're going to get mad at the cops and then 
we're not going to give him any other options to protect themselves except shoot him because we wanted them defunded. So that is a recipe for disaster and it's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's put there for a reason. The one good thing that Mr. You know, um, Wolf did, um, the Pennsylvania governor, Tom Wolf, was calling the National Guard because I think he knew what was going to happen. But it didn't matter. They still burned down Rite Aids and pharmacies and Five Belows and everything they get their hands on. Antifa got out there. Now they're, you know, got their groups out. They're smashing shit, burning shit. Philadelphia's on fire. You know, who cares? You know, you know, Philadelphia, it's on fire. Just how it is now. And then I heard that there was riots and looting starting in Chicago and L.A. again and all this other stuff. Oh, it's all happening again. But is it going to be better for Trump? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe people want safety. Maybe people don't want to be scared to go somewhere or live near a city because they're scared they're going to get shot. They're scared their riots are going to start coming out and just it's pandemonium and we need to get it fixed. But it's funny how this is like just so set up and like you if you just take a step back, you can see it. It seems like everything's just like random and crazy, but it's not not. It's definitely not. It's all set up, man. Um, I did want to talk about Tucker Carlson. Um, this is more about Joe Biden and the Hunter thing. Uh, it, to get off topic with the Philadelphia thing, but into a new subject. Um, so Tucker Carlson last night had on Tony Bobolinsky. Now this is the the uh, I think he's a naval officer that has come out and said that Joe Biden definitely knew about Biden Hunter's business dealings. He thinks that Hunter was used as you know the bag man to go around the world to make these deals to get this money so he wouldn't get so Joe Biden himself wouldn't get in trouble and they would also use Joe Biden's brother like I think his name is Bill um but anyway so he was telling all the stuff last night on Tucker Carlson you got to see this episode um and this guy's credentials and his evidence that he has everything is documented like to a T like this guy's no joke and his family comes from like you know armed services, all of them, you know, like sergeants, like he has a respected family and this guy is coming out and he's, he's upset that the Biden family came out and tried to call him and his stuff Russian disinformation. So that like, that's why he actually came out. Cause once they said that, that's when he got upset, like calling him like a Russian spy or treason or something like that. But anyway, one thing that stuck out to me in the interview was he said when he was talking to the brother, he said, aren't you guys scared that you might get in trouble with this or, you know, Joe might get in trouble one day if he ever wants to run for office again? And his brother said that the brother laughed and said, no, no, plausible deniability. And I was like, plausible deniability. What does that mean? So I searched it and what that means, because he said it has a defining meaning. It means, okay, so from the legal dictionary, plausible deniability. The term plausible deniability refers to ability to the ability of an individual to deny knowing about something nefarious because there is no proof to the contrary. For example, 
Plausible deniability can protect people who were either personally involved or willfully disregarded something illegal or unethical if there is no evidence showing that they knew about it. High-ranking individuals may claim plausible deniability because they know those who are subservient to them will not challenge their claims. To explore this concept, consider the following plausible deniability definition. Uh, Noun. The ability to deny knowing about something illegal or, or unethical because there is no evidence to the contrary. Plausible deniability and the CIA. Well, we're about to go into like a huge thing about how it was started, but yes. So that's what it means. It means that that, that you get away with it because you pretend that you had no idea what it meant or you're pretty much safe because someone above you is in command so it's not your fault and then let's go this one's funny let's go to the urban dictionary a condition in which a subject can safely and believably deny knowledge of a particular truth that may exist because the subject is deliberately made unaware of said so truth as to benefit or shield the subject from any responsibility associated through the knowledge of such truth that's actually a pretty good definition i like that I'll do one more. Let's do um, the worst page ever made, but Wikipedia. I don't like how you can change it. Come on, Wiki. Wiki don't even work no more. Man, I guess the Wiki ain't so sticky no more. Sticky Wiki. But anyway, that's what that means. Plausible deniability. So that's what he said. That's what Joe Biden's brother said. And that's that's correct, man. That's correct. Very smart. Very smart. So these guys were Hunter Biden had no business, no business experience. Right. But he was making deals with his, you know, uncle and a couple others in Kazakhstan. China. Okay, where he's compromised. um, Moscow, Russia. And Ukraine. He doesn't speak any of those languages. The only thing that he knows is that his father was the vice president. It's it's really it's really sick. And some people are talking and saying that maybe Hunter Biden gave that laptop to that guy, that computer store on purpose to like get his dad in trouble or to like I don't know you know, subconsciously, like, you know, maybe let the world know how messed up of a family he has. And I heard, you know, may not be true, but that he had a rough childhood growing up, you know, because he was abused somehow. And that's why he's kind of self-medicating, you know, with the drugs and everything, which I can totally, you know, understand. Like if your mind's messed up, like he probably needs help, mental health. And uh, maybe he, so maybe he did do it on purpose. I don't know, but it's, it is odd that he would, you know, go to Delaware and uh, drop his laptop off to them, which he did. And the computer uh, store guy actually got scared when he found out what was on it. He thought they were like trying to set him up or something. It's very odd because a lot of these politicians have like their own IT guys. So like this stuff doesn't get out. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the whole thing. It's crazy. But Adam Schiff coming out and saying, 
Russian propaganda. This is another Russian. I'm just like, if I hear Russia, Russia come out your mouth, dude, one more time, your ugly, disgusting face one more time. I like, I can't, I can't, I hate Adam Schiff. <laughs> That's one politician I really do not like, even more than Nancy Pelosi, man. Uh, Adam Schiff. But, um, so yeah, you got to watch that episode though. It was, it was amazing. Um, another episode of something that you guys might want to watch was a great, uh, podcast with, um, Alex Jones, Tim Dillon on the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, it was super funny. Um, Joe has gotten a little different nowadays that he has this big, you know, hundred million dollar deal. Like now, like when Alex Jones comes on. He, he fact checks everything Alex says, like in real time, like everything. And he's not allowed to go past the subject without it being fact checked. It was like a very different than like last time he came on. So Joe has definitely changed. And I thought he changed because he said something about Antifa starting the fires in California, which was found out to be true. But at the time it wasn't confirmed so we had to go out on Instagram and he made a big apology that he said something that might not be true. And he's never done that before. So, you know, until he was on Spotify, but I understand. I mean, he has a hundred million dollars. So he, if he, you know, he gets that money over time. If he messes up, you know, if they, if he gets kicked off Spotify, you know, maybe that money's dull and void. I, I don't know. I don't know the situation. So, but he's definitely changed, but I got to say he did still have Alex on. And Tim Dillon, who I love, who is funny as hell. He's one of the funniest comedians out there right now, and not a lot of people know him. But Tim Dillon is funny, man. Um, but yeah, it was a great episode, and Alex Jones gets into all crazy shit, um, but a lot of it's true. They talk about you know German death cults and uh, the Illuminati. They talk about uh, Bohemian Grove. Like you guys got to watch this stuff, man. It's 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 insane. Um, but he said one thing that was really funny. Um, like <laughs> Jones, Alex Jones, um, Joe Rogan was yelling at Alex Jones because he was getting annoyed because Alex Jones was drinking and like talking loud and stuff like he normally does. So uh, Alex Jones started whispering. And then Tim Dillon said, yo, man, you sound like a conspiracy phone sex operator. But it was uh, it was good because he totally did. Um, anyway, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, um, um, and I gotta stop saying, um, all the time. Um, 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 I think that's the end, guys. Anyway, have a good day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Everything under the sun, everything under the sun. Things are getting weird. What the hell is going on? This is what the world looks like now. Things are getting weird. But all I know, all I know. Wake up, 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 wake